bless America. This is the Jeff Delee Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me Hefe. It's officially a new season of the podcast. And uh, this episode is titled The State of Black Men 2024. And I want to cover some of the things that, that have happened so far in the new year and how it's directly impacting black men and their position in the United States. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. I'm excited to be to be recording again. You know, I haven't recorded in, in a while. I haven't posted on a website in a while. And uh, I'm just getting back into the swing of things. But I feel good. Um, I feel good about where where I'm going to be going with things, you know. The, the start of it, anything is always always challenging. It's always, you know, you've got to have a lot of grit. But I feel good about where things are going with the site and, and, and the recording. Uh, I'm still not going in the route of recording video because I think the market is so oversaturated it's absolutely disgusting you gotta understand you know journalism is what I studied it's it's what I love but for so long for some reason people without the stripes without the education uh, were given access to that field and to that market and because of of their celebrity or connections, they've been, you know, at the top of the heap of things. And it's it's really, really bizarre to see. You know. So I'm sticking to just audio recording and and, and I think that's the best route for me. Let's get into some things. I'm always uh, I'm always worried about how black men are perceived in this country. Being that I'm a black man, and I know that how one person is treated, how how one person represents himself before other groups of people, will, will have a direct impact on me as a dark-skinned black man. I, I don't speak for the for the you know the high yellow, the beige, the mixed race. Uh, men, but black men, you know, we we not only deal with conversations around race, racism, but there is colorism. Now, I don't really care much about the, the conversations about racism, but when it comes to colorism, that's 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 what I always like to highlight. I like to highlight it because it it pertains, it it brings the focus onto the black community. You know, and when you can handle that situation, then you can deal with the other things. So as a dark-skinned black man, I, I know that, you know, men of lighter complexions are often favored and viewed in a more sympathizing manner and are always perceived as more educated. I always do the example of, with in regards to the Supreme Court, when you look at Thurgood Marshall and you look at Clarence Thomas. Clarence, Clarence Thomas was was appointed by a Republican, Thurgood Marshall by Democrats, Thurgood Marshall is celebrated, Clarence Thomas is demonized. 
difference between the two? Complexion. There are images of, of Thurgood Marshall. You look, you wouldn't even be able to tell if he was a black man or not. You know, he had this complexion for the protection. You think of, uh, in regards to that TV show, Grey's Anatomy, you had Jesse Williams. And Jesse Williams is gave some speech at BET and he was celebrated. People just just jump around and they 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 you know they love Jesse Williams. And then on the other side you, you have Isaiah Washington, renowned actor, has done phenomenal work in film, and he gets into a, a quagmire, he gets into some trouble on set with a with another actor who happens to be gay and automatically he's demonized years later information comes out he was he wasn't in the wrong he was just railroaded and no one says anything you know he's he's constantly under attack his efforts are, are constantly you know being hindered and then you have Jesse Williams who people just love you know he divorced, him and his wife divorced, it's not a big deal, you know. He goes through his little things, and eh, it, gets, it gets pushed to the side. But on the other side, you got, you got Isaiah Washington, he doesn't, he doesn't get that same type of grace and, and respect. So I always like to highlight colorism in, in America. But they're all black men. You know, there's just some that, that get more favor than, than others. But the state of black men, starting 2024, I feel like we gotta, you know, slow down a bit. Gotta slow down a bit. You know, 2023 ended with with the scandals surrounding P. Diddy and his his relationship with Cassie. You know, she sued him. She sued him, and then she accused him of sex trafficking and all these things. And things weren't looking so good for Diddy. And I don't care about the Diddy part, but Bishop T.D. Jakes of Potter's House was brought into it. And, you know, online, on Twitter, he was, he was uh, touted as a power bottom, meaning he was engaging in homosexual relations and he was around people who were not Men of God, and I, was, and I saw that, and I said, "Well, that's not a good look. That's not a good look for the black church. That's not a good look for black men, because here you have someone who's in a position of power and leadership, and he should know better. Just the idea, just the perception, just the conversation can." negatively impact people of faith you know as, as a man of God you should know there are certain places you don't hang around there are certain people you cannot hang around with because of their ability to corrupt and that was that was a mistake on his part whether it's true or not he put himself in a place where he should not be and that's not good for for men of God so that kind of concluded uh, 2023 that was one of the conversations later in the year we started the year off, and I did not watch this. I did not give it any any attention, but it did uh, rock 
uh, a lot of views online and I would say it even influenced another uh, personality to, to, to take a similar route. And I didn't watch either. Cat Williams, the comedian, appeared on Club Shay Shay with Shannon Sharp. Um, and he went on a tirade attacking fellow black comedians, accused them of stealing jokes and questioning their talents and their capabilities and their skill sets as comedians. And it went viral and it, it garnered millions of views in just hours. I didn't watch it. You know, program things like that. I don't. I don't watch because I just think that there there's a purpose behind it. You know, and that purpose is just division. You know, and black men don't need that type of energy to start off the year. There's always these efforts to to divide and ruin and and delay the efforts of black men. While it may have been good for ratings for for Shannon Sharp's program, overall it wasn't good. You know, can't get into the habit of selling your soul just for attention. So I didn't watch it, and I didn't think it was good. I didn't, I didn't think it was good on Cat Williams' part. You know, just to to, to do that. Uh, I never watch uh, the Shannon Sharp program. I'm not I'm not really a fan of what he does. Um, I guess he has he has an eccentric personality and he's he's very animated and people like that. But I'm not a fan of it, so I don't really watch it too much. But I am familiar with you know his his career as a Denver Bronco. Uh, but as far as what he's doing in media, I, I try to stay away from it. One because he's not he's he's one of those people that that you know transition from sports into into uh, media and it's you know I don't really have the best opinion of it okay but following that uh, Stephen A. Smith of ESPN who also has has a podcast which I'm not uh, a fan of I understand why he does the podcast, the Stephen A. Smith show. He doesn't want to be boxed in and he's very ambitious with what he wants to do. I respect that. However, I'm not a fan of the programming because I think he talks about things that he's not familiar with. When it comes to sports, I can say, well, I can listen to him. I, he knows what he's saying. He's not always right, but he is entertaining, and he does point out things that we often don't see, and he has the network of people to, to provide him with information. So I can respect him in regards to sports. And I, I saw him branch out to, to not just basketball, but you know other, other sports as well, and I respect that. But in the world of podcasts, that's not someone I want to give my attention to. But following Shannon Sharp's interview with Cat Williams and wanting to, I'm surprised no one pointed it out, but wanting to get some of that controversial energy, he went after Jason Whitlock of The Blaze. Jason Whitlock was formerly of ESPN, and then he transferred. He's more on the conservative side of things nowadays. 
So he doesn't have much popularity within the black community for his stance. And he's had issues with Stephen A. Smith going back a, a few years. So Stephen A. Smith took the time to go after, after Jason Whitlock. And upon doing so, naturally, the, the people that are fans of Stephen A. Smith, you know, post their, their thoughts and their opinions and the, the write-ups supporting him. I didn't watch it. I didn't care for it. I just saw it as not not him defending himself, but rather just trying to get eyes on his, on his product. Not a good look to sell your, 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 yourself for attention. You know, the way things are in this country, in the United States of America, we need black men to be united and also to stand and counter some of the efforts made to make us look bad. You know, you don't hear black men talking about matters that are very important. And I'll get to much of that later when I talk about radio personality Charlemagne the God. You don't hear black men taking strong stances. You know, a lot of a lot of the ones in leadership positions have glass jaws. They don't have uh, enough power to make things happen. And there are people around them that tell them what to say and what to do. Or they're, they're bought out early on and their, their thoughts and their opinions and their stances don't really carry any weight. There needs to be more, more unity. There needs to be more strength among black men. Especially in a time, in a time that we're in where black women, you know, when black, or black women gets an opportunity, it's pretty much killing uh, uh, two birds with one stone. Because you have black, you have women, you have the, the double minority. If you put them in a the position, you don't have to worry about black men. Naturally, they always pick the black women with white husbands. That has that domino effect. People that see it will say, if I want to be in that position, I got to do this. Eliminate the black man, get a, get a white man as a spouse or a mate, and work achieve and I'll, I'll get the life I want. That's clearly the the agenda and that's the narrative that's being shown by you know the Democratic Party. I would say it was it's it's pretty much similar to what the Republican Party has done long ago where they would always go after uh, black men with white spouses or girlfriends. You know, it keeps it keeps the community divided, but it also sh uh, shows black men if you want to achieve, if you want to get to to have a, a certain amount of success, this is what you do. Not overall, not a good look. Okay, not a good look. Which is why black men have to be stronger, united respectful of one another, not backbiting, not sneak thieving, not, not trying to date other men's women and spouses, get out of that, that hypersexual primal mentality. So I wasn't a big fan of that. There, there are other conversations that can be had, you know, specifically around abortion. And I think 
that that's a stance that black men need to to stand on you know as liberals stand on they stand on climate change and they 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 push it they push it if if it snows it's because of climate change if it doesn't snow it's because of climate change if the sun is out it's climate change if the sun is not out it's liberals make everything about climate change and they push it on people black men historically are always being pushed out of the household and always being divided from from their women one of the ways to to change that and to strengthen the black man's position is to be pro-life is to be pro-life i had someone tell me that a man should never tell a woman what to do with her body and i said it's impossible for a woman to get pregnant without a man you need the man's sperm in order to 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 get pregnant. There's no way a woman gets pregnant without a man. It's the man sharing himself with the woman, their bodies becoming one. That makes it possible for a woman to become pregnant. So yes, he does have have a say. That's the absolute truth. And I'm saying this sands some of the creepy and and weird things that happen and where women wind up pregnant such as incest rape you know some of those things you know but if if it's if it's you meeting meeting a guy at a bar and you're having a one night stand and, and things like that you wind up pregnant and all man still has an opinion because you know you went out you wanted to have a good time yeah, he has a say. And that's a stance that black men should take to counter, to counter, really counter the narrative that black men are not in the household, black men are not good fathers, black men don't want to raise children. Black men have to be pro-life and have to take that stance. Moreover, to strengthen the the issue that black women do not get adequate care when they're pregnant. Black men stand up and are more pro-life. And they stand on, as they say nowadays, they stand on business in regards to their family, in regards to the women around them. Now you know you're pushing for them to get adequate care when they are pregnant. You're not only protecting the woman, you're protecting the child that she's carrying. That's something that black men should stand on. I say black men, not not these folks that are look that are looking for white dollars and and they, they say whatever liberals tell them to say. I'm saying black men who who stand on what they stand on, who have principles, who have morals, who have a strong relationship with God, who have a strong respect for their community. You take that stance and you push it. You know, that's an important conversation. That's an important conversation that black men should, should be should be into. This is the Jeff Delee Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me Hefe. Charlemagne the God, the radio personality of Power 105. He briefly start was alongside. Uh, Wendy Williams he was fired a few times from various radio stations and then he got 
he got hired by Power to Five, which is owned by iHeartRadio, and he's one of the, the creators of The Breakfast Club, alongside DJ Envy and formerly Angela Yee, who has since moved on with her own show. He's come out and has taken a strong stance against Joe Biden. He's, he's been considered as the thorn in Joe Biden's side. I don't like it. I don't like it. He's not the one that should be making that. Not qualified. He made a name for himself targeting artists, musicians, celebrities. He was a thorn in their side, and a lot of a lot of those folks didn't like him. He was he was too comedic and controversial, and that was it. But in regards to politics, no. Not just because he's not qualified in the field, but because he led the charge of getting Joe Biden into office. He was a part of that. He was the one that had Joe Biden on his show when Joe Biden said, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. He didn't He didn't counter. He didn't push back. He was called out by Larry Elder in that regard. He's not part of any political party. He, he has openly said that he is not... He is not a Republican nor a Democrat. Well, we live in a country that has a two-party system. If you choose to be neutral, that's fine. But your opinion is limited because you have the inability to make a choice. Furthermore, one of the reasons why I'm not taking what he's saying seriously or with a grain of salt is because one, he's, he's not part of any political party. Two, he's not qualified. And as recent as just a few months ago, he was in business with Stephen Colbert of the Stephen Colbert Show, who was a, a pretty much as radical of a Democrat as you can be. Stephen Colbert has done 30-minute monologues bashing Donald Trump on, on his late-night show which is unprecedented. You know, if, you, if you're if familiar with late-night television, you know, when, when, when the host does a monologue, there are various topics that are covered, you know, various news stories. Stephen Colbert has done entire monologues every night on Trump not, that, that are not even funny. You know? And he was the person that executive produced a show that flopped, but was hosted by Charlemagne God. You can't take these people seriously. This is this is one of those situations where Charlemagne God has to sit it out. He has to come out and say, "I was wrong. I regret the, uh, endorsing Joe Biden. I'm not going to talk about politics anymore." I have too big of a platform. I can't mislead that many people. 
I failed my community. I led them into a burning building. I can't do this. That's, that's, that's commendable. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna read some books, I'm gonna study, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit at the feet of masters or, not, or people that actually know more than me and, and I'll learn a thing or two. But I won't be giving my, my opinions, which, is, which, which are as fickle as teenagers on serious topics. Not in these times. We saw in real time with the internet, with social media, with all of the technology, we saw how folks manipulated people in supporting Joe Biden. He did not campaign. He clearly did not have the numbers. Impossible. Because we we see it. He does not have the support. All he had on his side were celebrities pushing his agenda. And we've seen in that time some of those same celebrities come out and talk about not having, being paid what they deserve, not making the right amount of money. We've seen Hollywood go on strike. We've seen these people that have come out and take these big stances and then complain about not having, uh, making the right amount of money, not being paid what they're worth, all of that stuff. These people who have so little control of their lives should not be leading other people. They're not qualified. They're not fit for the role. They're not good leaders. Proof. We saw that in real time. We saw how people made George Floyd a saint and did not even fight for him, did not even fight or push back for the George Floyd Act to pass. We saw Republicans scout in favor of George Floyd and say what happened to him was a tragedy and such and such and such. We saw how that was pushed and pushed and pushed. And then after the uh, that passed, black men started shooting cops. BLM was exposed. And Democrats did not hold up their end of the bargain for the black community. They put a, they put black women in in high positions. They gave them white husbands and nothing else. Because of all that, Charlemagne the God should not be talking about these things. It's not your position. You're not. You're not. You don't have the guts. You don't have the stomach. You don't have the stamina to have that conversation. It's not, you're not that guy. You're good at, you know, what you do on the radio. That's true. You have the ratings show that. The fact that the show is syndicated proves that. But people like to be entertained. Hence why Shannon Sharp and Club Shay Shay got millions of views with his Cat Williams interview. And Stephen A. Smith was able to follow it up with his attack on Jason Whitlock. 
because there are people that like to be entertained and like the, the drama and the scandal and the controversy. That's fine. But when it comes to serious matters, you stay out of it because you don't, you're not equipped for it. You're, you can only mislead people. And it's clear that's that was what was done. This is the Jeff Lee Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me Hefe. Black men have to change. We have to take a stronger stance. Support one another. Respect those that are qualified. Respect those that are qualified. I don't. I can't. I can't count on one hand amount of black people that support me even though much of the time what I say is is true things I say in regards to health things I say in regards to economics things I say in regards to the family religion I always get pushback and I just sit back and watch myself be proven right and them making the mistakes that's just in my world. I know there are other men, black men around the country that have no desire to be radicals, that have no desire to be protesters, that have no desire to be disruptors, but have the desire to, to build, establish, leave a legacy, strengthen their communities, maintain their households, make a good living, serve God, live righteously. Those men need to be uplifted. Those are the men that, that are the leaders. Not the ones that are hypersexual, overly sensitive, uneducated, misguided, under the influence. Those are the wrong people. Those that are, they get excited about sneakers and video games and want to have multiple women and, and can't, con those are not the people that, that should be, well, I say women, some of them are excited about men. Those are not the people that you should be listening to. I'll give you an example. You look at a 50 Cent, who, while he was in a relationship with a black woman, hinted that Joe Biden wasn't going to be a good president when he was called out by an ex-Chelsea Handler, a white woman. He quickly changed his stance with no respect for his girlfriend, a black woman. And soon after news came out, he moved to Texas for tax purposes. That's an example of misleading your community. That's, that's the example of having a glass jaw, no guts. Because if it was, if it was a, a black man, if it was on the streets, guns would come out and it would be, it would be aggressive. But a white woman calls you out and says, you can't, you can't think like that. And you quickly back down. It says a lot. It says a lot. The state of black men in America for 2024, it's not starting out on a good foot. Things need to change. It's an election year. 
We have to lead the charge. You saw what happened. They appointed black women with white husbands and nothing was accomplished. And then there was, there was one, it was Lloyd Austin, Secretary of Defense. He's appointed by the Biden administration. He has a black wife, he's old school. He gets sick, he's hospitalized. He's a black man. And whites from both sides call for his resignation because he went to the hospital, he was, hosp he was hospitalized and they did not know his business. And they were comfortable they were comfortable in calling for him to resign because they could not understand why he was hospitalized. It was revealed that he had prostate cancer and he was going in for that. There were no apologies, there were no changes in stance. The efforts, the calls for him to resign continued. No one, no one of prominence came out in support of him. Not your Stephen A. Smiths, not your Shay Shays, not the, the, the black men that, that are making people laugh here and there, not your Charlemagne the Gods, no one. No one doubled and tripled down on putting respect on Lord Austin's name. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. Because it should not be that way. It should never be that way for a black man. Black men are allowed to be sick. They're allowed to go to the hospital. They're allowed to have rich friends. They're allowed to be Republican. They're allowed to have opinions and stances that are for the betterment of their community and their families and they don't have to go and protest and scream and, sh and shout in the streets to show you that they're serious about it. Black men are leaders, not just comedians that, that hee-haw and giggle. That has to be understood. A comedian, a ha-ha, Cat Williams, turned the internet on fire, bashing other fellow comedians, black men. It's not a good look. Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, is hospitalized and they call for him to be fired and no one says a thing. The mayor of New York, Mayor Eric Adams, and and you know I wanna I wanna you know bring everything to this point called out the president of the United States, Joe Biden, for not providing adequate support for the migrants that are being that are flooding New York City. And he was quickly attacked. He was giving a, he was, he was, he had staff members arrested. He had, he had the, the, the alphabet boys at his door. Now he has, he had to raise money to, to pay for lawyers to defend himself. Just for calling out the president. Just for calling out the president for not providing support. The day he was supposed to meet with the president, the alphabet boys were at his door. A staffer of his was brought in for questioning. 
Now, when you can see that happen in real time, one, you have to question Charlemagne the God because we know he has, there are things that, that may have been resolved or still ongoing. None of it has been highlighted since he's been going after the president. Knowing what we know about who he's been affiliated with, this is, just has to be one of those games that the Democrats play. Show Biden to be weird and, and, and not, not fit for the job. Create that stir. Because if they don't come after him like they did, like they did Mayor Eric Adams, who had a legit right, I'm not buying what Charlemagne is selling. Because what Mayor Adams did was what no one else did. The governor of New York was the one that's, that should have actually taken that stance, and she did not. He took the stance and said, we're not getting the, the support that we need. How am I supposed to care for all these people? You're gonna you're gonna bankrupt the city. I gotta I gotta house all of these people, and they don't stop coming in. And then when he has to make an example, so he can get some attention onto the crisis, the only people you see sleeping, the only migrants you see sleeping on the streets are guess what? Black men. You don't see Hispanic men where a large portion of them were seen coming off the bus. Naturally, you're not going to see women and children, but you saw black men. They're the ones. They're the ones that you'll see sleeping on, on, the, on the trains and buses. No, excuse me, on the trains. You don't really see them on the buses, but you see them on the trains and you see them sleeping on the streets. Those were the ones used for photo ops just to get attention on the crisis. There has to be a change. The state of black men is in dire need of, of, of a change. There needs to be a change in how we are perceived and what we talk about and how we present ourselves going into this new year. You know, put yourselves in that position to be a circus clown. Understand that the complexion of your skin as a black man will dictate how you're received. I give you Thurgood Marshall, I give you Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas can't have rich friends. He can't go on vacations. He can't have a friend support him or give him money or go on vacation. They're gonna lambast him. Thurgood Marshall doesn't have to look like a black man to be TV celebrated and put on a pedestal. Jesse Williams can come out and, and say what he says even though he doesn't stand for anything and they can celebrate him. While Isaiah Washington gets railroaded in Hollywood and no one says a word, he actually has to come out and say, he's being, he's being attacked by black women. They're coming after him hard body. While those black women will celebrate Jesse Williams. What's the difference between these four men? Two of them are dark skinned, the other two are light skinned. We gotta understand that as a black man, you gotta see that. The complexion of our skin dictates on how we're respected and how we're appreciated. You look at a Shannon Sharp, dark-skinned black man, he has, he has the name of show club Shay Shay. He has, it has to have that comedic feel. On the other side, you have the Stephen A. Smith show. It sounds serious, it's his full complete name. 
what's the difference between the two? One is dark skin, the other is light skin. These are things that are happening within the black community that are happening amongst black men. And if we don't open our eyes collectively, we're going to be at each other's throats. We're going to be making a fool of ourselves. We're going to be dragging each other down. And our households are going to be scattered and destroyed over and over and over for generations. The most important thing, one of, one of the things that black men have to stand on, we have to be pro-life. In every meaning of that term pro-life in regards to our family pro-life in regards to our community we have to to cut down on the casualties and the, the comfort that we have in lives being lost in our communities have to black men have to take the lead role in their communities have to take the lead role in our communities. Get all of that feminist nonsense. You have to take the lead role. You have to protect your community, your household, your women, your children. You have to take the lead role. You have to be pro-life. This is the Jeff Delee Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me Hefe. I thank you for listening. Next time.